Hello, everyone, and welcome back for episode 63 of the Path Podcast. I am Jason. Hey, I'm Derek. And we are so glad that you have decided to join us on the Path today. It is Christmas time. It's mm-hmm. Christmas time. Whether you believe that or not, it's the truth. It's Christmas time. <laughs> Yesterday was the first Sunday of Advent, and we talked about, um, well, we started a new series, and we, we were talking about how the covenants that we find in Scripture relate <clears throat> to uh, Advent and how we find hope peace, joy, and love in those covenants uh, that we see in Scripture. Um, but we, we hope that you're joining along because for me, I, I love I love Advent. I love having that guide of helping me think through uh, because it's easy. I think we, we, we alluded to this yesterday. It's easy to get caught up in the hustle and bustle of the season or it's mm-hmm. easy to to look at um, the holiday season as difficult because it is difficult for some people having lost loved ones or... Whatever life may have thrown at you, um, we could view holidays as difficult. But we want to help you understand in the days ahead that in the face of whatever may be going on in your life, Jesus is better. And you can find hope. You can find peace. You can find joy. You can find love in Him. In Him. He gives all of those things to us. And so we started yesterday uh, by looking. We went back to the beginning. Um, yep. <clears throat> and so, Derek, uh, maybe recap a little bit for us what we talked about yesterday, and then let's let's begin to discuss how um, this first covenant that we find in Scripture in in Genesis, how that relates to Christmas time, because that's not necessarily an immediate connection that most people would think <clears throat> about, which I, for one, think is really cool. But um, yeah. well, let's talk about that for a few minutes. And, may, and maybe that's where we start. Is that you know. Number one, the 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 storyline of Scripture is one story. Yeah, Th- that's the beauty to me of covenant theology. Mm-hmm. Is it it helps you <clears throat> to see that so clearly and how what God did from the very beginning mm-hmm. has continued on. Because sometimes it's it's hard to see that. Sure. Uh, if you're if you're not familiar with how all the threads weave together into this one beautiful tapestry, right? Um. And so, in a way, that's the nature of, of trying to describe Advent in a new way. Not yeah. not a new way, but a fresh way, maybe. Mm-hmm. Is that it's not merely, um, you know, uh, wreaths and, uh, and candles and, um, you know, uh, Christmas songs and, you know, all these things. It It is... Trying to describe the storyline of Scripture. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think covenant theology does that best. But there are other, you know, thoughts um, and other um, perspectives. Yeah, yeah. Well, even <clears throat> systems of theological yeah. approach. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the main main ones, and the, and they all have kind of these branches, right? The main ones are covenant theology and dispensationalism. Mm-hmm. Uh, dispensationalism is more based on certain ages that people see in Scripture. Yeah. Um, and there's Age, ages as in periods of time. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And like, and and not know, like how old someone is. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. And and famously, you know, uh, we are in the age of grace. That yeah. would be how they would describe. Right. A dispensationalist describe that. I grew up in dispensationalism, so I'm mm-hmm. familiar with it. Yeah. Um, and then um, just the more I say scripture, you know, I just try to 
take it, I take a hermeneutical, hermeneutical approach mm-hmm. that leads me to think otherwise. So, yeah. what does that matter, and and why why is that important? Well, it's it's important because scripture is meant to be interpreted individually. It's not. I mean, it's not like you have to go to a priesthood and they tell you what to believe. Yeah, the Lord will reveal to you. Um, his his word and its meaning. Uh, now you have to do some study and learn what you know how to grasp God's word in the context. Yeah, that's what hermeneutical approach means. It just means that you yeah, a system <clears throat> for how you interpret scripture. That's yeah. right. <clears throat> and and, and um, you know, essentially, you want to read scripture in its historical context. Mm-hmm. How did God write it for the people of the day? You want to determine the things the the things that are in the river that you can't cross mm-hmm. without acknowledging that they're there. And that's, um, you know, um, is it Old Testament? Is it New Testament? Or is it Old Covenant or is it New Covenant? Mm-hmm. Is it, uh, is there historical context, yeah, cultural, uh, context. cultural context, yeah. language barrier, you know, the, all these, you know, things that could be barriers. And then you, Take the principle and build a principalizing bridge mm-hmm. to cross. The principle brings you across to today to apply the scripture to today. Yeah. So all that to say, those are the things that mm-hmm. I do as I tackle passages of scripture or, or thoughts to try to determine, you know, hey, how does this apply to me? What's the what's the main point? And how does it apply to the storyline of scripture as well? Right. And the storyline of scripture is mm-hmm. that, um, it's that, well, I mean, it's, it's, to me, it, it's it's specified in that covenant with Adam on behalf of creation, mm. <clears throat> and that is that God established a relationship with His people. He created people mm-hmm. like He created all things. We created people on the sixth day to have a relationship with Him. Right? People messed up that relationship by sinning, and then there is a way for that relationship to be. Restored. Restored. And that's just, I mean, in, in a way, that's a, a simplified storyline of Scripture. And then yeah. he did that in Jesus. Right. And so I think, you know, the the covenants bring that out. Um, I'm not even sure the question you asked me to start off with, but uh, did you have anything to add? It seemed like you were about to jump in there. No, no, no. Yeah, I was just, I was asking you to kind of re- recap what we had, what we had <laughs> talked about yesterday. Oh, in a roundabout way, I just did. You so. did, and you did, and I appreciate that, yeah. Um, no, yeah, just talking about this idea of God created a relationship with us. Mm-hmm. Um, this this initial covenant, God creates this relationship that um, we are to be, we, we are created in his likeness. You, mm-hmm. you had a great um, illustration yesterday, a great graphic that, that, that we have this vertical relationship with God, that mm-hmm. we are created in His likeness. We are also created in His image, that we are His representatives to the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, obviously, um, if you've had any history in church, you know the story that um, the fall happens and sin comes into the world and darkness comes into the world. And we see um, that, uh, that relationship fractured mm-hmm. because of that. And yet, in the face of that, that darkness, and we talked about this yesterday. You, you began your sermon with talking about the idea that there are there are things about the world still today that darkness is in the world still. That sin is still a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, until Jesus comes back, it it will be uh, an issue that we have to face. But 
there is hope. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, how talk, talk to us for a second about how does that, the, the fact that there is hope in the face of darkness, what, what does that even mean? Because I think a lot of us could say, well, or a lot of people could say, yeah, well, I mean, that's, that's great and all, but that doesn't make this hurt stop that mm-hmm. I have in my heart or that's really cool, but that doesn't bring my loved one back. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what, what, what do you, what do we do with that tension that, that we find ourselves in? <clears throat> a couple of things. And, and you may have to draw me back to that, what you just asked, but, mm-hmm. I, but my goal is to build up something to mm-hmm. get there. Sure. Um, I think that there's hope for our darkness because of the the relationship mm. God made with his people. Yeah. People are unique in creation. We are um because in the uni- uniqueness comes because we are made in his likeness and image. Mm-hmm. No plant, no animal, no planet. Nothing else in creation was made with that signifier. Mm -hmm. Um, um, God was very specific in in casting those things upon mankind, of uh, human humankind. Right. So, and 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 let me just say with and let me this builds this up. I think the important aspect of understanding covenant theology because. Like anything that we make so academic, mm. and I like academic. You know, I, sure. I just thank God finished my doctorate. Mm-hmm. You're working on yours, yeah. Um, so I like academic. I, uh, you know, I'm I, I have two master's degrees. I have a doctorate now. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, um, I, so I get it, and I can live in that yeah. world. But where does the rubber meet the road? Yeah, right. I, I like academics because. At the end of the day, there's practicality in it. Right. So, so you know, covenant theology, dispensationalism, hermeneutics, blah, 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 blah. You know, all that <laughs> right. sounds very academic. Yeah. Herman and, who? Yeah, who's who's, who's this Herman guy? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, know, I know Claude hermeneutics, but I don't know Herman. Hermeneutics. <laughs> um, so, so, all this academia and... and and what happens, and it does happen in academia, particularly yeah. higher education as far as theology is concerned, yeah. uh, uh, seminary level courses, they can very easily become heady yeah. and, uh, you know, uh, approaching, you know, what can I know about, oh, oh, oh covenant theology, oh, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. A covenant... And it has no impact on your life. It has none. Yeah. A covenant is an old world, old word... Old world word. <laughs> it's an old word that we re- we use it today, but we don't because mm-hmm. everything's contract, you know. Right. Yeah. You know, but it's it's not contractual. Yeah, a contract is not the same thing as a covenant. A covenant is a relationship. It's simply a relationship, yeah. and that was what I tried to convey yesterday and give him a brief uh, <laughs> um, explanation of where did covenant come from, you know. Yeah. Um, God used this thing that was already established yeah. among people. I mean, it was Moses wrote this, you know, wrote yeah. Genesis centuries later. <laughs> yeah, but in writing it, he, God used what was familiar to them to help them understand 
this unshakable mm. bond in a relationship that he established with yeah. people from the very beginning. Yeah. So, because covenant theology is simply <laughs> just relationship. Yeah. And God's establishing that relationship in a unique way, specifically to humankind. That's why there's hope. Yeah. Because God loves us because he has a relationship with us right. and it's imprinted on us. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, no. I got a little closer. Right. Um, I'm comfortable. So. If you're just listening, I'd put my hand in his face. So <laughs> if you're watching, you saw it. Yeah. Um, and so he literally has placed his likeness mm. and image on people. Yeah. All people. Right. If you got breath in your lungs, it don't matter mm-hmm. what shape you are, what skin color you have, mm-hmm. uh, what uh, are you male or female? I mean, all those things, yeah. every single person, regardless of any of those things, has the likeness of of God placed on them. Mm-hmm. So that that in its in and of itself bears the importance and the hope. Yeah. It's built into that. We have a relationship with God, whether we want to acknowledge it or not. Mm-hmm. The question is: Is it a repaired relationship or is it a strained relationship? Yeah. If, let, let, let me ask you this really quick because I think this will be beneficial. So then. If that if that's the case, mm-hmm. and I, I believe that's true, how diff, help us draw the distinction between that covenant theology way of looking at things and a dispensational way of looking at things? Because you brought that up at the beginning, and I think some people could potentially be confused. Mm-hmm. And so, what? Wh- why even bother with this discussion of covenant theology? Is 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 I guess the question. <clears throat> okay, so my gut reaction is that. That that relationship that God established still carries, mm, right? Yeah. I would think dispensationalism would try to explain in a way that um, the image was marred. And I don't even know that that's dispensationalism necessarily, because I think theology in a, in, in a lot of ways is that is that way. But I would say that that was the age of this time, mm-hmm. and then something new has come. Yeah, I think covenant theology is a thread that runs all the runs way all the way through it's the yeah. storyline of Scripture. It's mm-hmm. you know where um, maybe this is the best way to say it. dispensationalism is very segmented. Yeah, right. Yeah. So there's a period of time. This is this yeah. this happened, specific age. Now that's over, and that's over. Yeah. God operates a brand new way yeah. in a new age, and then that's over, and then God operates mm-hmm. in a brand new way in that age. And I would say I don't think Scripture paints it that way. Yeah. I think the way God operated there is the same way God operates now. Yeah. And um, most of what has changed is what we have done, mm-hmm. humankind has done, uh, to mar the relationship. Yeah. Um, so, to finish that discussion, even in co- covenant theology, some would say this is a covenant of works, mm-hmm. this um, covenant with, Ab- uh, with Adam. Mm-hmm. And it's not based on his works. It's just for whatever reason they call that. Some call it the covenant of creation yeah. as well. You're talking about in Genesis. This is in Genesis the, what chapter we discussed one. yesterday. Yeah, Genesis, Genesis chapter, chapter one. one through three mm-hmm. is the covenant of creation. And then when 
Adam and Eve sinned. Adam sinned. Uh, though Eve took the, the fruit, Adam he was neglected, yeah. neglected his responsibilities mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> because it says he was standing right there with him. So he was mm-hmm. duped by this the enemy as well. As soon as he entered into disobedience, he broke the covenant. Mm-hmm. He broke the covenant. God didn't break the covenant. Adam broke the covenant. And so there's consequences, mm-hmm. right? Every covenant has um, has um, um, terms yeah. and consequences. Uh, the terms were, <laughs> don't eat of the tree of the knowledge right. of good and evil. Uh, and the day that you do, you shall surely die. Mm-hmm. The cons- that's, I mean, that's the consequences. So the consequence uh, came, but literally in the same conversation, God gives us a glimmer of what is to come. Now, some would say he established a new covenant with them, even in covenant theology would say. That that when the fall happens, that first covenant breaks and it's gone. And the new covenant is, or a a new covenant covenant, is established, and that new covenant is the covenant of grace. Mm -hmm. And then that covenant weaves throughout history right. um you know so i could have gotten into that yesterday and it, it would be just like it is right now sure. i don't know the answer to that right you know uh and i'm not sure that it matters because i think regardless of how you see it god established a relationship with people mm-hmm. the relationship was marred not by god but by us right and god made a way for the relationship to be um satisfied I think that I think that way was there from the beginning. I mean, yeah. if you look at Scripture, it says that Jesus Christ was slain for the sins of the world before the foundation of the world. Right. And so, uh, even before that, we just see it for the first time in Genesis three fifteen, where yeah. it says, "Hey, uh, you know, you you dealt with this the serpent here. I'm going to put enmity between your offspring and his offspring." And it's yeah. uh, what many call the Proto-Evangelion. Yeah. It just means the first time the gospel is mentioned. Yep. And that is that, that, that there is a way out. And so mm-hmm. I think it's merely our first glimpse at the light that is to yeah. come in the new covenant. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I would, I, would, I would agree with you. It. No, I would agree with you. I would argue that because the relationship never stops. No. It's just marred. That's it. it. It's not that... The, the 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 relationship that God establishes with Adam and and, and Eve in Genesis chapter one does not end and God starts a new relationship. It's mm-hmm. the same relationship. Mm-hmm. It's just to use your language, the terms have changed. Yeah, and and um and so it's it's, it's almost like a pivot of th- this is I'm still in relationship with you, and because I'm in relationship with you, I'm going to give you hope to mm-hmm. overcome the consequences of what you just did, mm-hmm. um and which I think is so beautiful and it's something that we don't I don't think we think about enough I don't think that we give thanks to God enough Mm -hmm. the fact that in the in the initial moment of rebellion against God and I want to I think we should use that term intentionally it was rebellion it wasn't just oops we made a mistake Mm -hmm. it was nope God I'm not going to do what you said Mm -hmm. I'm going to do what I want to do and and yet in the midst of that I think our, you know, the human reaction would be, "This is over. I'm done with you. See you later. See you wouldn't want to be a." God says, "I love you enough to not leave you where you're at. Mm-hmm. I made a relationship with you. I didn't have a contract with you that mm-hmm. we've now severed the contract. I have a relationship with you, and I love you enough to not leave you where you're at. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you hope. 
I'm going to give you a glimmer of light that a new covenant will come and 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 I will continue this relationship with you, which I think is one of the beauties of covenant theology is that you see God all throughout Scripture lovingly guiding his people back toward mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. That our... Um, as as the hymn says, prone to wonder. Mm-hmm. We are prone to wonder and walk away. And God lovingly, as the shepherd, directs us back over and over. Mm-hmm. And that's done through different covenants that we'll see in the weeks ahead. But um, but that God lovingly directs us back. And and that's why I think that's why I think covenant theology is such a beautiful thing to mm-hmm. see that to go back to what we talked about at the very beginning to see that. There is this thread that runs through. That's why Kim and I taught that class last mm-hmm, year. That mm-hmm. there's threads that run through Scripture to see how how good God is over and over and over again, and that it's the same story from start to finish. Mm-hmm. Um, because in my mind, and I don't I, I don't want to be antagonistic, but in my mind, as you read through Scripture, it doesn't make sense to say, okay, that that relationship was over, that dispensation is over, mm-hmm. that age is done. Let's move on to the next one. That would seem that God's just starting and stopping over and over again, starting and stopping. And yet, God's never changed. God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And yet, we see the relationship move all the way through Scripture. You mentioned, you know, the terms have changed. I would, I would even, I don't even know that the terms have changed. Because if you look at what happened in the Proto-Evangelion, uh, mm-hmm. Genesis 3.15. Yeah. I think it's something that was already established that maybe we didn't even understand. Mm, that's a great point, yeah. Because the terms are the same. The day that you eat of it, you should surely die, Yeah. right? So death did enter in that day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think that Adam and Eve would have lived forever had they not sinned. Sure. Um, and so, um, so it doesn't mean they died the actual day. They did, they were... You know, separated separated in relationship. The relationship was mm-hmm. marred um, from God, but God provided a, a a way to do it. Now we know that in the new covenant. Now we can see it because we can see the whole yeah, whole. We have a different perspective. Yeah. In the new covenant, the same terms were there. Mm, yeah. What happened though is that rather than asking mankind to keep their end of the covenant. Yeah. God did it for them. Yeah, He in keeps Christ. both ends of the covenant, yeah. and we get a picture of that. You'll 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 talk about this in a couple of weeks. So yeah. so I get to talk about it right now. Since, <laughs> but in the Abrahamic covenant, mm-hmm. when God actually does cut a covenant with Abraham, and yeah. He actually cuts animals, yeah. places them in half, and walks through them. Walks through them. What would have normally happened is that God would have walked through, or the one party would have walked through, and then Abraham would have walked through. Right. right? But what does God do? Puts Abraham God to sleep. puts yeah. Abraham to sleep, and then what does God do? He walks through. He comes through in in this in this symbolic way that we see him come uh, show himself in Scripture. Mm-hmm. Smoke and fire, mm-hmm. right? Cloud by day, fire by night. Yeah. In Moses's term, how does he come through mm-hmm. the uh, the how does he cut the covenant yeah. with with Abraham? Literally doing what everyone else did to cut a covenant, mm-hmm. putting the animals there. He come. He puts Abraham to sleep. Abraham does nothing. Yeah. God comes through and he does it all. Yeah. Smoke and fire, mm-hmm. and he does it all. Shadowing, foreshadowing, foreshadowing, that Christ came. Mm-hmm. That God sent His own Son. God came in the flesh. God incarnate. Yeah. Um, came in the flesh to um, uphold both sides of the covenant. Yeah. So I, I think. I mean, you know. 
Isn't that good? If that don't if that don't get you excited, man. I don't yeah, know yeah. And so God is so good. I, yeah. I even think that that's <laughs> even the terms really didn't change. God merely said in Genesis three fifteen, "You never could have kept your end of the covenant in any way. Yeah. I'm coming to keep it for you. Yeah, and this will happen one day. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just yeah. that flicker of light. It's just right. that you know the hope." You know, it's coming. The hope is coming. The hope is coming. The light is coming. The light is coming. The light is coming. Christ is coming, you know. Mm -hmm. And so then you get to uh, Romans 5, man. Oh, gosh, it was so good. Yeah. Um, Personally, you know, I'm like, I can't hold it together as I'm reading this (laughs) yesterday. But, and I I probably don't need to read the whole thing, but I want to read just a a tick of it. I'm afraid I'll read the whole thing. But (laughs) let's just see where I get. Yeah. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, Adam, mm-hmm. and death through sin. See, that is the consequence yeah. of the covenant. Death, you shall surely die. In this way, death spread to all people. It says death, sin, all that spread to all people because all sin. In fact, sin was the, in the world before the law, but it says not charged with virgin. Da, 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 right? Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who did not sin to the likeness of Adam's transgression. He is a type of the coming one. So mm-hmm. Adam stands for um, all humanity, and his, ma- his name means that. Mm-hmm. But the gift is not like the trespass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the light is not like the darkness. Right. Uh, Jesus is not like Adam in this right. way. For if by one man's trespass death, the many died, how much more have the grace of God and the gift which comes through the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflowed to the many. And the gift is not like the one man's sin, because from one sin came the judgment resulting in condemnation, mm-hmm. but from many trespasses came the gift resulting in justification. And yeah. I, could keep, I could keep going, but mm-hmm. it's it's this beautiful picture of what we're describing is that that Christ comes to undo the broken covenant. Yeah, because guess what? And we'll see this. Adam broke the covenant. Mm-hmm. Noah. Yeah. Right after God gives him or reminds him of the covenant that <laughs> was already established, yeah. he gets drunk and, and, mm-hmm. and sins. Yeah. So it's broken again. Yeah. Uh, the Tower of Babel breaks it again. Yeah. You know, and then uh, God, uh, you know, um, everybody's a pagan. Yeah. And so God says, hey, I'm going to pull one guy, one pagan guy mm-hmm. out of all the rest of the pagans and promise, you know, reestablish a covenant with him. Yeah. And uh, and then Abraham breaks it, and the people of Israel break it, and Moses mm-hmm. gets re, uh, reestablished. They break it. You know, it's yeah. just again and again and again and again. Yeah. And so finally God says, nope, the thing I promised way back here yeah. is going to come. Right. I'm going to fulfill the covenant for you. Yeah. I'm going to undo what, what everyone has done. Absolutely. And so there, therein we get back to our original question that – um, in the face of potential hurt and darkness, we find hope in Christ, knowing that there will come a day when he will wipe away every tear from our eyes. Mm-hmm. There will come a day when there will be no more darkness. And we can trust in that promise because... He has fulfilled these promises all along. Mm-hmm. Through all these covenants, he has always come through. God has never failed his people. And so um, 
And so my, my prayer for us and for people that are listening is that we are reminded of that hope. Mm-hmm. Um, that we don't just go through Christmas and think, yeah, I, I mean, I know that story. Mm-hmm. And not, not that you're blowing it off, but, yeah. but you're not fully investing in it. I want us to fully invest in the hope that we mm-hmm. have in Christ. I want us to fully invest in the peace that we mm-hmm. receive from Christ, the joy that comes from Christ, the love that we have in Christ. And, um, and that Christmas is, becomes something so much more. Mm-hmm. It, it, when, when, I think when we, have a, when we have a better picture or a fuller understanding of the hope that we have in Christ, it makes our Christmas parties that much more celebratory. Mm-hmm. It makes our special worship services that much more intense. Mm-hmm. It makes um, the time that we spend with our family mm-hmm. that much more enjoyable. And, um, and and I want I want that for myself. I want that for everybody else as well, mm-hmm. um, because it's it's so important that we grasp <clears throat> hold of that. What I would say don't eat, and don't also don't let the commercialization of Christmas. Yeah tear you away from this you know and you know cheesy you know jesus is the reason for the season and yes that is that is true and i'm not saying don't have your fun little things you know yeah um put your elf on the shelf or on the tree <laughs> or you know right. whatever you do right put your that. grinch decoration out but front. don't yeah. let that don't <laughs> let that take precedence right right over what is truly this beautiful thing, mm-hmm. uh, and don't just don't just worship the baby in the manger yeah. either. Yeah, because that's just part of it, right? Worship the resurrected Christ who died for your sins, the baby who came so that He could take away the sin of the world. Yeah, that's what Christmas is really about. Yeah, and so, um, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Well, now is where we turn it over to you. What are what are your thoughts? We have thrown a lot at you uh, today, and 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 you'll get continue to get more in the weeks ahead. But um, hopefully, you you have a little bit better grasp of the direction we're heading when we're talking about covenant theology and how covenants relate to Advent and and all those things. And that picture will become clearer in the weeks ahead. But but what thoughts are you having on that? We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at the path at lafayettefirst.life, or you can comment on this podcast or on this YouTube video, we would love to have a discussion about this because this is such an important thing for us Mm -hmm. to understand. It's so important, vital, I would even say, for us to grasp this as followers of Christ. Um, But we would love to know. We would love to know how what your thoughts are and how it's impacting you. Um, But until next time, I am Jason. I'm Derek. And we hope that you will continue to join us as we follow down the path.